You just abandon any precaution. You know, folks, something could happen here, and if it does, so what? Hey, friends. Welcome to Nathan for Us, a Nathan Fielder fan podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. And today, not only are we covering the finale of season one of the rehearsal, but we have a very special guest with us. We have Naomi from Silent Podcasts, and Mike White was Rob. Naomi, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I don't know if I clarified that when I tweeted that I wanted to be on this podcast, I was drunk, and I just... (laughs) I think I had watched an episode and I was like, I just really want to be on this podcast to talk about this show so much. So I thank you for your your kindness and allowing me to be here with y'all. Yes, we support drunk tweeting always. Yes, how could we say no? Tell us a little bit about how you got into Nathan for you or the rehearsal, whichever one. So I observed Nathan for you over my boyfriend's shoulder for almost our entire relationship because I am somebody who I don't even really like The Office because the cringe stresses me out so much that I don't enjoy. I have to, it's like a horror movie, but I literally have to say to myself, this isn't real, this isn't real, because it stresses me out. But the problem with Nathan for you is it is real, that that actually happened to some person who's not an actor. And so I have been known to leave the room sometimes during Nathan for You episodes. Um, But over time, I've come to like absorb him through the internet and I appreciate him. And um, I did just watch the episode where he uh, did a magic trick to not become a sex offender, which is like oh, yes. the crane or the claw, the claw. Yeah. Th- that Classic. is yeah, a masterclass of cinema. Um, but I saw the rehearsals coming out. I was like, I whatever this is, I think I will enjoy this. Um, and I have also cringed and I have also died of embarrassment, but I haven't left the room. So I think we're in a much better place, me and Nathan. Uh, and our television audience connection, you know? Yes, it does feel like the rehearsal is a little bit more well-packaged, almost, where the cringy moments, he has, like, more voiceovers. I don't know if he took some some cues from um, his friend John Wilson from How To With John Wilson, but it feels like he's a little bit more kind of building to something, so maybe it's a little easier to digest. And if anyone hasn't listened to our Claw of Shame episode, we did it with AJ Norris, and it is a hoot. Highly recommend. That might be the longest podcast we've ever done. I think we spoke for like two hours before the podcast started and then had like another three hours of recording or something ridiculous. It just went so many different directions. I, I think AJ Norris also holds the title of longest episode of my podcast too. Like <laughs> he can, he can magic. chat. Yeah. So what's kind of ironic about how you were saying that you don't like watching the, the office because you know, it's very cringy, but this one's different because it's not actors. Um, and if it's an actor, then it's okay. Um, because ironically in this episode, we're seeing an actor maybe not be so okay. It's a great point. I, I, and I there's there's so many different elements I think of this where yeah the actors allow you to feel like okay well they've signed up to be on television um, and especially in like the acting class uh, I wasn't so you know we'll get into my history with actors but it, it you're totally right is that this is the moment where it's like oh no real life has happened in a way that is undeniably like 
present in your face and you need to handle this right now. You're going to fuck somebody up for a while. Like you got to do this right now. Um, Whereas before, you know, even when he had kids, I feel like on Nathan for you, it was not this serious and it was not this (laughs) emotionally traumatizing. I think it's interesting. And this has come up a few times on our podcast, how there's this big question of ethics in the rehearsal, but that wasn't present to my knowledge in Nathan for you. And I'm pretty sure the claw of shame is could or has the potential to be far more traumatizing to children. And the parents are far more questionable for allowing this. And yet we're really focused on the rehearsal where everyone has signed up as an actor. There's no chance of getting flashed. Um, And it sounds like the they were being very respectful of kids time and following union laws. I also think that Probably this is only a concern for six-year-olds specifically. Um, you know, when you think of, and I, I don't know many children, so certainly correct me if I'm wrong. But I think when they're really young, they don't know the difference or they'll forget about it quite quickly. And then you would assume that at nine, they're old enough where, you know, this is not a concern of them understanding what's acting and what's not. Anything above that, the same thing. Um, is six the only age that this is a concern. Yeah, I feel like something that's interesting when talking about his other schemes where he involved children in Nathan for You. So I just made notes of like the three that I could think of off the top of my head were, of course, The Claw of Shame, famously, where if anyone hasn't seen it, Nathan does a trick where if he fails the trick, he will become a sex offender and he has a bunch of children actors who are there <laughs> a magic it? trick a magic trick a magic it's not trick. just like tricking children <laughs> yeah like a, like a Chris angel style like i gotta get out of this but also like not even even that they're child actors they're still children like it doesn't like, yes. <laughs> yes and i believe that when they were paid like 200 dollars um sporting goods store where famously James Bailey, who is a recurring actor in Nathan for You, comes in dressed as an astronaut and basically tells a kid that his whole family was killed because of him being an astronaut to convince the kid that he should not want to become an astronaut when he's older. And then the third one was um, the Doink It episode where Nathan is helping a toy company by essentially explaining to children that if they don't own this toy, then they are babies. So I feel like in those circumstances, it felt a lot to me like... Nathan's point was more that the parents are to blame. And then in this episode of the rehearsal, it's almost like he's turning on its head and saying like, okay, in certain circumstances, like maybe they just don't have a choice and they're trying to do what's best for their kid. However misguided it might be. I think he blames himself here a lot more than he does uh, Remy's mom, Amber. Um, And you can see that by him really making him repenting this, the focus of the episode and trying to figure out what he could have done differently, um, what production could have done differently when interacting with Amber and how they could have better set up the show for success. Um, But I do think uh, maybe a little bit more thought should have been put into Remy's specific situation where, you know, he doesn't have a father. He's been questioning it a lot recently. This probably isn't the show for him, especially when he doesn't understand what acting is. Yeah, it's every everything you guys have said is so interesting, like, because I I think that, like, Nathan's whole thing is like fucking with people and and all not in a way where he's like, he wants to cause any sort of emotional damage, but he's sort of 
goading them into a situation to produce what a real response from them. And that real response is a little bit absurd. And it's, I, I work with, so I used to do um, background casting and I used to like cast background actors, which also was very funny for this episode. But I also used to work on set where there would be child actors and child actors are like, to me, some of the saddest little people you could possibly meet. But I, I, I don't maintain the take of like some people who are blaming Remy's mom, but there are these poor kids who are just surrounded by adults and you have to make friends with them because they're the only people you're going to talk to all day. And you're away from school. Your parents are teaching you and you're kind of also being pressured to do a really good job. And all of these things, I think, make little kids really seeking approval and attention on film sets. And combined with what you just mentioned, Magna, like, yeah, this poor child has a lot of father issues right now. It created such a perfect storm and I think that Remy's mom didn't sign up for this. She didn't sign up for a single dad show. She signed up for a single mom show or a mom mm-hmm, show. Yeah. And yeah. it got out of hand, which is so interesting. I feel like people are, are kind of forgetting that in all of this discourse is that she was supposed to be Angela's, like, it was supposed to be Angela's son. And then it kind of spiraled out of control. Um, and I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't, you know, mention it, but like, I certainly don't blame the mother at all for you know, it's Oregon. You want you want your kid to be famous. You want your kid to be an actor and get more credits. You're going to put him in stuff. Like, that's how it works. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, I do think there was always supposed to be a father figure. Like, I think, yes, there was Angela. And I do agree with Nathan's assessment of if there had been a pretend mom there the whole time, it makes things less confusing. Um, so if there is a pretend dad, you know, you can still see that divide. And I definitely agree that like kids are very emotional on set. Uh, My partner works in stunt rigging and he just did a a movie with a lot of child actors. And on their final day of shooting, he was saying that half the day, all the kids were just crying because they were so sad that the movie was over and, you know, everyone's on a time restraint for how much like time the kids are actually allowed to be on set. So you don't want to hurry children through their emotions but you also need to get a few things done. So it's always a careful balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely don't blame Amber here. I think Amber seems like she's a really great mom and just kind of doing the best that she can. And who's to say, like, we don't know if Remy really wanted to do this. Like, we have no idea how they cast them. It's kind of um, a mystery in that sense. So I will say it's interesting that this came out around the same time as, I don't know if you guys have read or heard of Jeanette McCurdy's book um, from iCarly. Oh, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyone who hasn't heard of it, it's called I'm Happy My Mom Died. And she was a child actress and she wrote like this kind of very raw, scathing indictment of um, being a child actor, though her situation was a lot more abusive. Um, but yeah, I just feel like this discourse is kind of what's going on right now all over the place, all over the zeitgeist outside of just the Nathan verse. I think what this episode at its core brings up that I, I was I really loved is this episode is so different from the other five because it's not about preparing for a moment. It's about the, it's the, what could I have done? It's the changing the outcome or trying to learn from your mistakes by repeating them to see if you get a different outcome or changing and and making variations. And it's not a rehearsal anymore. Um, 
And that's why I said before that like this is so much like Better Call Saul to me than this episode because it's all about regrets and spoilers for the Better Call Saul finale. Minor spoilers. I'm not going to say anything crazy. But that's a show that's all about regret and mistakes and hurting people that you care about and how do you uh, reconcile with that. And I think that's what this episode is about, reconciling with your own choices and actions. But Amber has such a mentally healthy way of doing it where she's like, well, I'm going to make sure he's okay and I'm going to pay attention to him and, and we're just going to see how it, how it turns out because that's why you, you can't, you can't change what happened. You just got to keep going forward and be a good mom. Yeah. Just to touch back on how they apply for the show. Um, when Nathan was playing Amber and reenacting them going through that process, uh, they showed Nathan as Amber recording, uh, Adam as Remy, (laughs) Um, like a little audition video in their house and then them sending it in and going to set. So I would assume that that's how it's done. Well, I would agree that Amber, you know, didn't do anything that was like too bad or anything like that. Um, I do think that if your child does not know what acting is and can't distinguish the difference, maybe on like a child by child basis like that's something that should be taken into account like if they can't distinguish that from their real life like they don't know what they're doing so maybe that's like a good barrier to entry for acting where it's like you need to understand that acting is different than your real life and you need to be able to identify what's what I thought Nathan explaining it like how they were playing dinosaurs is similar I thought that was a really good way to explain it but it also made you realize just how young he was and how yeah. like different kids at different ages have all these different understanding levels. Because the other kids who are the six-year-olds, you know, they, they did not have this problem. Yeah. I think it's also like it, it's, it goes back to, I think you can see it. It goes back to jealousy in a lot of ways. Because remember that this poor kid, Remy, is like in, invading the birthday party. And yeah. he doesn't want to leave. And he wants to play with all these other kids. And when you're that young, that's exactly how you operate. You operate on an I want basis. And poor Amber is mentioning that, like, yeah, he's wondering why he doesn't have a dad. He's growing up and questioning these things. And I can't give those, I can't give those situations to him. He's too young to understand it. But at the same time, he's jealous. And so he gets what he wants. And then all of a sudden, it's like it gets torn away from, you know, it's so, I would give about a million dollars to have like a child psychologist break. I'm sure some YouTube psychologist is going to do it, but like a child psychologist breakdown. That's like, here's don't worry. Remy will be okay. I mean, that's what I want. I, I'm, I fear that he won't, but I think he will. Yeah. I think kids are pretty resilient. Kids are pretty resilient. They can bounce back from a lot and he's so young. Yeah. I don't think one, one to two weeks of his life will really, you know, I think that he'll understand it. He'll watch on TV. He's learning the difference. But I just wanted to point out something that you had mentioned, which made me wonder if any of this was real at all. And well, oil took time. So a few of the things um, when Nathan. So the the episode starts, which I guess we can start to get into it because it's a little bit early on that what I want to talk about. Um, So the episode starts with Nathan and Remy being just very wholesome together and Nathan asks Remy to go inside to get root beer. And when he comes back out, he is an age three years and we get the new child actor. But they zoom into Remy in the house looking sad. 
And when they've switched any other actors, I'm not sure if that's footage that they would just have. But why would your camera be focused on Remy after he's left the scene? And then a little bit later on at the birthday party, if you're having these child actors swapped out, I'm sure if you wanted to stop him from going into the birthday party, he wouldn't be in the birthday party. You would bring him away to a different set. He wouldn't be able to just run away and sneak onto set. I don't think that that's possible. So I'm sure that he asked if he could go back and they allowed him to. So I'm just not Mm. sure. Those two things made me question it. And then as I continue to watch the episode again, it does seem very real. But those two instances made me question it because it just didn't seem like a mistake. I I almost wonder if maybe what I imagine, I mean... We can't really know for sure. But what I would like to think, um, I would like to think Nathan isn't tricking us too much. And just based on his previous reactions and what they had filmed with Remy before, he kind of realized like, oh, this kid is super attached and maybe said like, I think that we can make an episode about this relationship between Remy and me pretend daddy. I kind of I kind of buy this though, Megan, because like, yeah, how did he get back into the party? And I also, but I also feel like there's a part of the parents who seem to have uh, ready access to like tell Nathan how they're feeling or what's going on. Like, because um, I definitely want to touch on this, the mother that we see before all this Remy stuff is introduced oh um, gets to express her feelings uh, about Judaism and then gets to have direct FaceTime with Nathan about it. And it's kind of a fascinating like Nathan has basically created this character where he's so involved in every detail of the process and that opens him up to like just being told everything so I wonder if if Amber maybe says to a producer like hey I think Remy's having a hard time separating real life and then they go to Nathan and they say hey you want to exploit a kid today that no, but they like they <laughs> they tell him exactly what's going on and then it becomes a storyline because you also have to imagine at this point that they're freaking out about like not freaking out but, like how is this gonna end like Angela's yeah. gone we don't get to finish this rehearsal. The other rehearsal in the city kind of went bust. So what are we doing here? Um, I wonder if they saw this as the conclusion and, and figured it out in the moment. Kind of going into Nathan and his like issue where he realizes that, you know, he's having to direct too much. What did Nathan think was going to happen? Because like he when he came in to be the fake dad in the rehearsal, he never said like, I'm going to have an alternate career also sending things on Etsy or whatever. Like, he never set up a different career path for himself. So it also does feel like, you know, obviously, Nathan, your job is the director. And then you know, we can go down many levels of, like, he's directing the rehearsal that he's in, that he's directing Inception, etc. He is the dad and the mom. <laughs> <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> My God. The mirror. The mirror. <laughs> it's like Chekhov's mirror. Every time I forget that that mirror exists in this show, he brings it back and freaks me the fuck out with whatever <laughs> character he's decided to become this time around. His Snapchat filter. He's like, we saved 15 grand by not having anyone speak at this party and we used it to make a mirror that's actually just Snapchat. <laughs> it That's so funny because what, what the legality of that is. So again, I work with background actors uh, and I've had this. So it's not that the union prohibits them from speaking but if they speak they get a raise and they get a bump and sometimes you have to pay people especially this would be a union show you have to pay them 
and then they potentially could get into the union. It's a whole thing. So background actors are designed to be silent because uh, you would have to pay them more if they have a speaking role. So it's not like they're forbidden from like saying words on set. It's not like they had to be silent the whole time, but like they can't speak on camera. So it, it was so when he said that, I just I lost it because background actors are the craziest fucking people you'll ever meet in your entire life. And especially background actors with their kids. And it, this was such a beautiful, I think, showing of that when people are just nodding and, you know, they're committed to the art, but they all look insane. I love I loved it. I loved this whole thing. <laughs> When, when the one woman was, like, mouthing happy birthday, it gave me flashbacks to Raising Cane's, like, them pretending to eat chicken. Yeah. Um, just, like, everyone pretending to do things. And I think we can probably all agree that HBO is not worried about $15,000 at this point. But Nathan just probably felt that this was much funnier uh, for all yeah, of them. Yeah, and they, they sprang for the licensed Michelangelo Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle costume like that wasn't you know like I don't know some knockoff the correct Ninja Turtle to choose for the party though the turtle should have been allowed to speak yeah I mean yeah he should have at least been able to say cowabunga yeah do you think there's like a BuzzFeed quiz out there that's like what your favorite Ninja Turtle says about you and the other three are like you suck and you're a nerd and then this one's like you're a party (laughs) dude like what else is there like (laughs) nothing else to say yeah you're cool or you're not um also background actors you never know what they're gonna say like don't let them speak because they're crazy like don't (laughs) don't let them say words because they will say something like absolutely insane to the adam character um but also i thought the the actor who played nine-year-old adam did a really good job of like being in the moment around what is you know like you could really melt down in a situation like that or be a bad actor and he did a great job he is like I know we're obsessed with the woman who played fake Angela, but like he is a superstar as well. Yeah, we got some good actors. Uh, Credit to the Fielder Method, a terrific acting school. It's produced some great content. We know that um, I'm pretty sure his name's Liam. Um, We should maybe use everyone's real names because if not, there's just too many layers of confusion (laughs) of people pretending to be people pretending to be people. Um, It's like the, the Barbara Streisand song. (laughs) so Liam uh is amazing he is an excellent child actor and unfortunately he has to spend most of his time pretending to be Remy uh so that Nathan is able to go back and reassess how he treated Remy to see if there's something he could have done differently to stop Remy from thinking he's his actual dad which considering he was trying to convince himself that he's Remy's actual dad um, you would probably see it as one of the successes rather than something you want to correct, but he definitely way overcorrects, and we see him, you know, trying being very cold towards him, saying, No, I'm not gonna read you a bedtime story. Oh, don't hold my hand. Oh, we don't say I love you. Oh, call me Nathan. Um, which really defeats the purpose. Yeah, this is how you end up with hundreds of thousands of dollars of therapy bills. Um, ask me how I know. And I think we should also backtrack a little bit to to talk about the rural Oregon anti-Semitic issue. <laughs> because oh what is gosh. going on here with okay. this the third episode in it a is, row? Yeah, it is not an episode of the, the rehearsal without some good old-fashioned anti-Semitism going on. 
So we discussed this on our last episode where I had mentioned that we didn't get to see the scene of Nathan calling the parents to check in if it's okay that he teaches them about Judaism. And we had assessed that it probably happened and wasn't on camera, but it really seems like he didn't inform them because especially this mom who's getting Nathan to say awful things and is allowing him to say it. Um, you would really think that someone like that would put a stop to it before it even happened and say, oh, no, you are not teaching my child Judaism. So for that to come back after the fact and have Nathan sit there and say, you know, I'm going to burn in hell. You're lucky you're not like me. Um, it seems like it could have easily been avoided. And also this woman needs to simmer down. I, I rem- I'm like so reminded of like, hearing people who are like Catholic or, or, or um, whatever the like brimstone and hellfire kind of Christianity is that like there's, they're really traumatized as kids by the idea that like people they know are going to burn in hell. Uh, I remember there was a girl I went to high school with who told a separate friend of mine uh, who's Jewish, like, like, can we save you? I'm worried about you. You're oh going to go to hell. And it wasn't because she thought she just worried, right? Like you just teach kids to be so freaked out. And Nathan knowing to like really dive into the like, so, so your mom is, I'm going to burn in hell and you're not, but that's okay. And that's good. Right. That's great for you. (laughs) Like it does show how unattached other children were to Nathan because if Remy heard this, Remy would not be okay. He'd be horrified. (laughs) He would not be like, this is the conclusion I'm okay with. He would be like, dear Lord, mom, we need to help our dad. Um, I went to Christian camp growing up, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not Christian, but while I was there, they, they tell you like, oh, you need to accept Jesus Christ into your heart um, or you're going to go to hell. And I'm much more factual. You know, I'm like, I don't really have proof of all this other stuff, but this doesn't sound like a great outcome. So I had my camp counselor right in my Bible being like, Megan, Bianco accepted Jesus Christ into her heart on this <laughs> date, on this time. And I made them sign it and I got a witness to be like, oh my Look, God. If something happens in the future and they try to send me to hell, I'm just going to flash my Bible and say, I got the paperwork. No, thanks. Wow. That's like prescription for like saving being saved. (laughs) I was like, you're telling me some stuff that doesn't sound great. I'm just going to put in an insurance plan and, you know, just keep myself covered. That's That's so funny. I still have the Bible that says that because I think it's hilarious. But I also respect my decision. I was like, you know what? Maybe other people should have gotten it written down too, just in case. Okay, I went to Catholic high school and I I don't know if I just like skipped all of this. Like I do not remember (laughs) being taught like Jewish people are going to burn in hell. Like (laughs) That's not part of the teaching in my school. Um, Maybe I skipped those classes. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's so hard, I think, these days to, like, counter anti-Semitism. With the, I, there's, like, so many horrible things happening to lots of different groups of people, and especially people who are in the minority of society. And it's always so abusing to me how uh, wild the accusations of, like, what a Jew is go. When I just sit here as a Jewish person, I'm like, I don't, I don't have horns, and, like, I don't control the media. But I do love 
working in television to say that I am a Jew who controls the media because that's fun. Um, um, Satan controls the media, actually, and Google. And and we're friends. Uh, and, <laughs> and this is like, it, it's, it's just like such a, Nathan is like so good at sort of snapshotting the weirdest elements of people um, and also the, the normalcies that they can use to justify things to themselves um, or the behaviors that they find okay because they're just going, I watched them, um, my boyfriend showed me the like ghost realtor. Oh, uh, yeah. Chef, chef kiss. And the guy who comes in after the first medium has died who's like Mm -hmm. so I actually can like talk to angels and like I can see them and I can sense them and I can smell them and then he like Nathan is like do you think that this guy is okay with you taking over his job and he's like yeah he says yes (laughs) the beauty of people being able to validate their weird idiosyncratic beliefs um and for Nathan to pull that out of them I've always admired that he can keep a straight face while it's happening Oh, it's it's insane the way he's able to just play it off like it's totally fine. The mom allowing this to happen is insanity. Like if we want to talk about a bad parent on this show, it is certainly this woman who is well, she's like, just like, yeah, 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 he's going to burn in hell. That's fine. Like, what? yeah, like objectively a bad person. She is literally looking at a Jewish person and saying, I'm sorry, could you tell your son that your shit's made up because Jesus like she like to ask Nathan, the director of the show, to make sure that this kid knows that Judaism isn't real or bullshit or whatever is, like, insane. Not his responsibility. Probably shouldn't have put your kid on this show. Because Angela... uh, Well, maybe if she had met Angela beforehand, she would have been like, oh, my baby's in safe hands. What about Robin? How would she... She would have loved Robin, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's accepted Jesus Christ, but not speed limits. Okay. Uh, We also... We need to talk about this at the end. But Angela is on Cameo. I feel like this is a good time to just vaguely bring it. this up. Is Cameo not satanic? Because it feels satanic in some way. It must be. But what kills me about Angela being on Cameo is I'm pretty sure like a week ago when she first went on it, I think she was like 40 or 50 bucks. She's now $150, which like get it if you can. But that's an insane price. My my boyfriend and I have always like, or we we have we've had this discussion in the past of like, let's say you know you go on Survivor or you go somewhere and suddenly you're popular and you can make a cameo. What are you charging? What do you value Oof. yourself at? I always said like you got to do like twenty five bucks because you do fifteen too many too many are coming in. But you do like yeah. twenty five and you get. But you don't want to overcharge for yourself. That's insane. And you you would make much more money if you charge less. Like, I don't know who can justify $150 for one minute of someone's time of them just saying hello. But I've bought cameos um, of a bunch of Survivor people for Kelly for a birthday one year. And they were all fantastic. They weren't like... names, name names. Who is worth oh the gosh. cameo bucks? Bryce, oh, I think. Bryce I think was it was amazing. supposed to be my bachelorette party. Uh, Mike, um, Dr. Mike wasn't on cameo and he just sent a video for free while he was like walking out of rock climbing for your bachelorette from like Um, his personal cell phone number (laughs) (laughs) no big deal i have his number i tried to get him to send another one for your podcast wedding but i wasn't so lucky that time i think rick devins rick devins was fantastic um 
Reem. Uh, Reem, yeah. Yeah, Reem was really funny. And they put in like multiple minutes and there was a lot for Kelly to celebrate. Like she was engaged. It was her birthday. I think you had a lot going on at that time. And it was like I barely had enough characters to like fit everything in. I could get like your name, your birthday. And I was like, and she's getting married and this and this and this. And then I was cut off. The the most disappointing part was that um, Bryce didn't call uh, Kelly's husband Azadi. And that, that's the only thing that I truly regret. Yeah. I should have emphasized I need the word Zaddy Colin. Right, right. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if, if that's your brand, how can you betray your brand, you know? But. Yeah, it's my, my one, the one thing that broke my heart. We can start calling him Pretend Daddy if that's better. Pretend, Pretend Zaddy. Zaddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I like that branding. Um, Inform him after any- the podcast. Uh, Coach and Jay Starrett are also great cameos. Uh, I got them for different occasions for my friends' birthdays, and and they're both a lot of fun. Coach like will play his trumpet, um, which I think everyone <laughs> kind of knows, but he's like, you think you think you understand what that means, but you don't. So you should get a Coach cameo. Yeah. So I think all of this is to say I don't know if the Nathan for You crowd or the rehearsal crowd has that much crossover with Survivor, other than maybe us. <laughs> um. But that's all to say, if you decide to get an Angela cameo, let us know. Yeah. Did you feel like it was worth it? Did you get value for your money? We would we would love to hear it because, yeah, I personally could not justify that price. I Can you guys, like, think of a situation where somebody has blown up so sort of – I don't know if it's even that big, but, like, this – I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a situation where somebody has sort of blown up in this way where they were a normal person and now everybody is obsessed with what they have to say. I feel like it happens a lot like in specific niches, right? Because on the rehearsal, Angela's huge, but I'm sure, you know, your average Joe on the street (laughs) doesn't know who the hell Angela is. Um, But like I am on TikTok a lot and like people will blow up on TikTok all the time for like weird shit and I feel like it's kind of similar to that where it's like, oh, well, I saw this TikTok that got like 8 million likes, but like, you know, my mom's not going to know who that person is. Mm-hmm. Or like on reality shows, if you've seen that show, they're a big deal to you or there's normally a standout star like on The Circle or anything. There's a few people who get like hundreds of thousands, million followers, and then other people get get much less. But I mean, got to strike while the iron's hot. But I do think you would ultimately make more money if your price was a little bit lower. Because then people will get it as a joke and for fun and to send to friends. If you're paying $150 American, you better like love this person more than anything. The best example of this to me is like the Cash Me Outside girl who like is now super rich. She's thriving. She's thriving out there. Is that bad baby? Yeah, yeah, like I see yeah. her like little face plastered all over Toronto on billboards. That's hilarious. That's mm-hmm. true. That's I think that's a good answer because it's not like a Snooki, right? Snooki was going on yeah. reality TV to be on reality, but but Bad Baby was just going on to sort of be like on Dr. Phil for an episode, right? Oh man, that's hilarious. She was trying to catch you outside. Yeah, strong personal branding is like the most important thing. And I guess Angela kind of has that, but I do feel like she's going to be like a fleeting star, like most of the people on these shows are. I will say, Angela, this episode was very level-headed, very reasonable, very kind, like immediately forgave Nathan, 
said, you know, the most wholesome thing you could probably say, um, where she just like, yeah, I forgive you. You forgive people and, and we're good. So I felt like as crazy as she has been, this is definitely, she's probably the most sane person this episode. I mean, Liam. Okay, <laughs> Liam's done. <laughs> Liam's been asked to do some crazy stuff and it's just going with it. I, I love, there's nothing I kind of enjoy more than when people misquote the Bible, but really confidently, where she was like, she was like, yeah, so like, there's this verse in the Bible that's like, um, 77, seven times seven. And you're like, what are you talking about, girl? Seven times seven. Is Robin was ready to propose. I know, right? Wow. Seven and seven, another seven and you're going to win in Vegas. Like, I don't, just to have the confidence to be like, oh, this reminds me of something in the Bible. I don't really remember what it is, so my point's a little muddled now, but I do want to tell you that I think about the Bible constantly. It's just, it's like, she's so perfect of her absolute insanity. She Googled it. She got the phrase down. All's (laughs) been forgiven, but she's not about to come back into the house. We see that um, Remy, obviously, at this point, is having these issues. He doesn't want Nathan to leave. Um, And Amber explains that, you know, to Nathan, he ex- she explains that Remy doesn't have a father figure. It's been really hard for him. He doesn't really understand that this is a show at this point in time. And we see Nathan t- really struggling with this whole thing, which is kind of what we've touched on a lot. Um, but at the same time, he still has to deal with Liam playing Adam age nine and walking through Adam um, these kind of issues at school and like some slight bullying but Nathan's mind the whole time is still with Remy and this struggle with Amber. It's a beautiful contrast of like, he's trying to create a fake scenario for him to rehearse. Well, what if I have a difficult situation in parenting? And then what happens? <laughs> a difficult situation in parenting. And and I did enjoy that Nathan was commenting on like, at a certain point, it's not effective because this is an actor who knows to give up at some point and, and let me win. Um, which I thought was was very amusing and can probably be extrapolated into a lot of situations, right? Yeah. yeah. Also, he's like scripted the fight and thus has been able to script the solution. So it's more so just going through the motions as opposed to having something real come up. Um, I thought that the main bully was like, I thought he was a great actor offhand. Yeah. I thought his like <laughs> essentially one line was very funny. He's just like... <laughs> don't cry Adam while he like walks away with his white polo shirt <laughs> and the yarmulke they all have yarmulkes on it or bullying this kid it's so funny <laughs> yeah the five minutes Liam gets to spend at his Jewish school he's just bullied <laughs> oh my god so funny I know I'm like are these real kids from the Jewish school are these other actors also pretending to be at the Jewish school like it, th- this goes so deep at this point yeah, where are those oh going? I had assumed that they were actors but it would be very funny if he was just like organically getting bullied at the Jewish school and Nathan was able to like they'd be like why do you show up here for five minutes in the morning and then leave in someone else's car also anyone seeing that should have been concerned super valid question absolutely insane because like yeah Liam as Adam, like, runs up to the Jewish school and then immediately turns around once Nathan drives away to go to his real school. <laughs> like, of course you're not invited to the birthday party. No one knows who you are. What are you doing here? I was saying to my boyfriend that I think that so much of what Nathan, 
utilizes is the ability to point a camera at somebody and say, you're going to be on TV. Let's go along with this. And I guarantee you that any parent that drives off is like, who the fuck is dropping off their kid and then driving away? And the kid, like, who is this? Kid? Everyone's like, well, it's for TV. And I'm like, all right, it's for TV. All right, never mind. Don't worry about it. But like, even the scene we see of the PA is handing a present to the parent and then shoving the kid in the car and being like, this is your son, by the way, here you go. Take him. Like, that's also not far off from what it is really like in uh, in TV where you just like look at a group of people and you go, okay, like you guys are a couple, you guys are a couple, you're going to walk over here and you just make families out of these strangers. And it's, it's very, very odd because I've had to do, it's such a weird sensation, but it was, I think highlighted very perfectly when they're just putting them in the cars. Like, all right, this is your kid now. Get out of here. That must have been so fun. Like, I feel like I would have so much fun picking couples. Like, I've always wanted to be a little matchmaker. (laughs) And I think getting to pair people would be so fun. There's so much. It's like the outfit. It's the way they look. It's the ages. It's the family of it. I did give my dad once. My, My dad does do extra work in the movies I work on. Um, and I like gave him a fake daughter and I just thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> oh my God. He was a pretend daddy. Yeah. And he had a wife and like, I, and like he, they took a selfie with Santa and like I have, it's so funny. <laughs> Actually, I just read something. I'm just Googling it to check. So Idris Elba's daughter, did you guys read this? Oh, yes. She, she yes. auditioned to be his daughter in a movie and he gave her the feedback that, you know, the chemistry just wasn't there and he was going to pick someone else to play his daughter in a movie and it's like yeah. what <laughs> i read that too it's extremely unhinged <laughs> and i yeah. love you just elbow <laughs> but like why <laughs> but failed to land the job due to a lack of chemistry hilarious but so rough but that's kind of like the you, i mean he shouldn't have never said that it's like when matt damon was like my daughter told me i can't say the f slur in my jokes and it was like you could just not say that and we would never know um mm-hmm. but I think it's funny because it's like, that's your parent, right? You can't like, you almost like don't want to show that on screen sometimes. You know, some people got it. Some people don't. Some people think, I'm sure if everyone was like, your dad's like the sexiest guy alive, you'd be like, I hate this fucker. Like, whatever. He's my dad. Something (laughs) that she probably doesn't hate her dad, but I would be like so embarrassed, you know, like get him away from me. Yeah, definitely. She shouldn't have auditioned unless it was a guarantee. Um. I, I want to bring up something a little, a little, it's not totally off track, but uh, we were talking about TikTok earlier and I want to say that there's been this phenomenon. So my boyfriend makes TikToks um, because he's a CG artist and uh, he will then make TikToks explaining how he's made the video. And without a doubt, every single time somebody will comment and say, Nathan Fielder, is that you? Because everyone <laughs> says he sounds like Nathan Fielder. I don't Ooh. hear this drop drop his handle uh at dj behar go like his stuff he'll never listen to this episode which is great so go like his stuff go share it with somebody um so that he gets more crazy dms from people because that's my favorite thing is going through his messages requests because people will be like hey can you make me an nft no um and (laughs) and, but but if you look he he commented this ahead of time is he commented on his own post wow is that nathan fielder and people are like did you forget to change out of your alt account? It's like, no, this is what everyone says to me. Like this, oh my God, it's crazy. It's so weird. He's like, I'm trying to get ahead of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He should have auditioned to play fake Nathan in this show. 
Thank Nathan. Who I feel There's like season he's... two. Keep an eye out for postings. He's missing a little pizzazz, I have to say, fake Nathan. I feel like he's just he's Oh yeah, fake Nathan has a lot of pizzazz. <laughs> He he's, he doesn't have the cheesiness. He's missing something yeah. of like when Nathan's trying to talk to other people and he's like really putting out a pretend vibe. I think he's missing. Fake Nathan's missing that. He's a little flat. Not no offense to fake Nathan. I think this episode specifically, he felt a little flat, which is ironic considering who he's portraying. Right. So next we go to Remy's actual home, and in probably the most heartbreaking scene of of this episode in my opinion, was when Remy is so excited Nathan's there and he like calls him daddy and he brings him over and shows him the drawing he made that's on the fridge um, because now it's at his actual home and like you can see how it's still affecting him going forward and it takes a few different visits for him to even start saying like, oh, Nathan. And even then he says like, oh, I don't want to call him Nathan. But it is really good that Nathan's actually going to his home and putting in the time and putting in the effort to not just abandon poor Remy after this because I'm sure that there are people on TV who would have just never spoken to him again yeah I I I I felt bad watching this like I I started to feel guilty as a viewer having enjoyed episodes of this yeah like am I a bad person for liking what Nathan does for being a fan for having a podcast like i don't know it made me really this is start so questioning specific <laughs> this is very specific to one six-year-old who we stan um and uh, according to his grandmother who's been posting on tiktok and been posting on uh twitter and everything apparently Remy's doing fine but he does recognize nathan on tv and is like oh it's my tv dad which you know in a few years maybe he'll look back and think is funny I feel like at the at the end of the day, it's kind of a sign that like Nathan was at you know as nine year old Adam says a good scene partner, right? Is that Nathan? Nathan <laughs> was nice to this little kid, and he was a good friend. And sometimes that's actually the hardest part of like being a kid on set is you're around all these adults, and and they don't always want to treat you with kindness or patience because you're a kid and all that you know all that stuff. And I thought it was a very nice sign that like Nathan actually was very kind to this young boy um, mm-hmm. and took the time, like you mentioned, to. to unpack his emotional trauma he'd left behind on this kid yeah he did visit multiple times and it was probably to help Remy but it might have just been to keep getting another glimpse at this perfect set that he loved how it was like so perfect and every item was perfectly placed but nothing was by design in this home yeah, I mean, I'm obsessed with the twist that we're like, oh, this is so sweet. He's going to visit the family, blah, blah, blah. He's going to see the house and coming by. And then, of course, Nathan can't just let it be, leave it alone. He needs to recreate this other house, um, you know, Remy and Amber's home. He needs to go out and buy Amber's clothes. And he needs Liam to make sure that he's picking up on Remy's mannerisms so that they can create another rehearsal to figure out how they can backtrack on the damage that's already been done. The double whammy. It, it's a lot. Um, and Remy's crying when he leaves and he wants Nathan to stay. And then we cut to a scene where Nathan is back to having dinner with new nine-year-old Adam, Liam. And Nathan wants to just double check and make sure that Liam is aware that, you know, you know that I'm not your dad in real life and this is acting 
And one of my favorite lines of the show is when Liam clarifies and says, yeah, like I know. Um, when Nathan says, I didn't mean to insult you professionally. And I thought, oh, <laughs> you know, that that is a great way to interpret it of like saying like, oh, you don't understand what's going on. Um, and then, of course, one of the best lines is like, I mean, you're a great scene partner. When he asks if he is a believable dad, uh, the whole dinner is very, very funny. There's something about act- little actor kids that, like, they would say shit like that. And you're like, that is so – who taught you to say that? Like, who told you that that's how people communicate with each other? But it's, like, such a – they sound grown up. And, and maybe that's part of what is happening here in the commentary of, like, they sound really grown up. They're handling situations where they're acting really well. Um, but – then they actually can't handle it or they need to sort of take a step back and you need to figure out at what age do they need to actually have that instruction to them. But he's so good. He's so adult. He's like, yeah, I got this. Don't worry about it. Like I thought he was going to at some point like say something to Nathan that was just going to like totally cut him. I don't know how to describe it, but like I thought this kid was going to turn to Nathan and be like, you know, it seems like you have a lot of problems in your life or something like that and (laughs) just absolutely rip Nathan a new one. Are crazy. I've been watching Old Enough. You guys ever watch Old Enough? Oh my god, the Japanese show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've I've only seen the first two episodes, but it's wild. I I it genuinely got me to cry, and I like do not really like children. Like I, it's it's absolute gold, and maybe another case of like ethics and exploiting children and all that stuff for television. Um, but it, it's it's really fun, and I feel like this um this it just reminds you of like how fragile young people are, um, which I also think is happening on Nathan for you. But I also think it reminds us how, and both of these shows that when you're a parent, like you don't get a lot of redos, right? You, you have to make sure that they're okay, but like you can't undo something that happens to them. And you know, you're responsible for another person. That's a whole lot of emotional trauma and, like a lot of emotional intelligence you got to pass on to another human being to make them a good member of society. And I think Amber's speech was so touching in this episode to me because she really understood that in a lot of ways that I think, um, you know, Nathan was never going to articulate out loud, but she sort of did it for him and, and really captured, I think the essence of this episode. Yeah. I mean, it's what Nathan said in, in the previous episodes, he couldn't, recreate the emotional part of the rehearsal like he could not go to this place that amber is able to go to with her own child because in the end this is not his child no matter how many adult versions of it he has or you know invisible versions of it he has like this isn't his kid so instead of just trusting that remy will be okay and that amber is gonna take care of it He wants to go back and focus on himself and say, well, what could I have done differently? And he had experimented with the cold demeanor. And I wrote in bold that he makes Adam, or I guess Liam, study the fielder method. So he's showing Liam all these clips of Remy um, trying to mimic his voice, understand his mannerisms. And we try a few different iterations. So we've already discussed the cold demeanor approach. Um, but you know, Nathan feels that, yeah, Nathan feels like that does defeat the purpose. So then he says, okay, well, what if we had an older kid play the six-year-old so that they don't 
they don't get confused, but we can still have the same experience and I don't have to try to censor myself and be cold with my own child because that's not realistic. And this is so unbelievably creepy. I hated every second of it. I feel like I I warned us that this was coming. I said (laughs) previously there's a creepy adult man version of the child and I didn't know how to articulate it properly. Um, And now seeing it on screen, I stand by that statement. This was absolutely horrifying and I never want to see this again. The the, the art of him smoking out the window though, like that that shot of cinema, you know, like – there's so many like, you know, f- one frame from or the beauty of like YouTube channels where it's all about cinematography and like that. They need to make a beauty of the rehearsal because that shot is so good. And like all the other shots, especially like the through window shots that they've been doing, because we'll get to it, but, like of just pulling away and revealing the constructs. I think it's like there's going to be so many YouTube essays about uh this show i can just feel it you know and all the metaphors and the whatever and the whatever but this is maybe my favorite one old older boy playing younger boy because it it just shows like the fakeness of everything that nathan is doing what is he preparing for anymore you know like if this is not angela's rehearsal whose rehearsal is it and why are we doing this and it then it suddenly becomes about oh nathan wants to be a better father How can you be a better father raising an adult because they've already formed their emotions? Like it just spirals out of control. And I love that about this show is that it suddenly you're like, why are we doing any of this? It's a good theme between this and the, you know, earlier when he was doing the Fielder Method episode when he's like, what is this show? Is this a show about an acting class? Am I supposed to be acting? But it's exciting. (laughs) And what did the actor playing like this six-year-old like what did he think was happening here i think he knew exactly what was happening right he must have he must have been the only person to apply oh you think he was a bad actor no i i think who signs up for this who reads this casting call and goes oh i i'm dying for that role it really it really reminds me of simple jack and tropic thunder right and like someone did that Sorry, not to bring up a movie that is probably pretty canceled. Oh God, or like, or like Stuart from Mad TV. I don't know how yeah. that reference is going to yeah. land, but that yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. Like, is it worth having this screenshot for the rest of your life out there, rolling around on the ground with Nathan calling him daddy? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I liked it when he said it in like slow motion when he was walking towards Nathan. He was like, "When he like walked like this, love you, daddy." <laughs> oh my gosh, it's nightmare fuel. At a certain point, I was like, Nathan, I I don't think you're doing like. At a certain point, I was like, they, they just had the writers had to be like, "Uh, what if you had like a fake baby and then an adult baby and then like like you know?" It felt like they were throwing stuff at the wall, and then it wasn't so much about like a method or what it was just like Nathan's like all right what's funny here uh, a fake doll got it okay let's keep doing it I, I was like what is this gonna end like this is absurd yeah I think they were like we need some levity in this episode after showing how much this kid has been traumatized throughout the process let's get an adult to dress up like a kid they also the costume like it's so much worse because it's like overalls and all that shit it's like it doesn't do anybody any favors in this scenario 
No, not good. Um, not good at all. Though I do feel like there are people who want to do this role. I bet they got like more applications for this than any other one. Or was this a Fielder Method kid? Fielder Method actor? I couldn't tell. It It's hard to say. I'm trying to find him on IMDb and for the life of me, I can't. The, the grandmother was a Nathan Fielder actor, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was definitely – I think she might have been – was she the mechanic? I think she was, which was also such a funny – what was that woman doing being a mechanic? What was she up to? <laughs> Tie iron. <laughs> classic. A classic mechanic tool. Um, I I wanted to comment on the moment where they leave the play date and then Nathan just tur- – turned because I was like, oh, that's sweet. They brought the other kid over to like – I was totally fooled. They got me, girl, where they were like – I thought they were just having a lovely play date with the actor to help him transition out of the situation. Here's another kid who's playing Adam. And then he's like, do you, did you get enough information? And I was like, yes. And I was like, it felt like a spy movie all of a sudden. I was like, I can't believe I just got tricked like that. Of course they would be doing research. Duped. Absolutely duped. Somehow we forgot about the Fielder Method in approximately like 30 seconds of the show. I know. Which is hilarious considering like I totally realized – I, I caught something else really early on, and I was like, oh, I see that's uh, that's what's totally going to happen here. But this episode got me more times than any other episode where I, I didn't really – when he's like, oh, where's your sweater from? I was like, is he going to hit on this woman right now? What's happening? And then <laughs> he becomes the mom. Like, I really – this episode was a lot of – was truly the most emotional roller coaster, I feel like, of all the episodes. Yeah, I feel like if I had a bingo card at the beginning of the of the series, like Nathan going on to play the mom of one of the actors would not have been on it. That was like very out of left field for me. And then Nathan's butt crack would be another one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand if when he's looking in the mirror playing a woman and in the mirror he has long dark hair, why he's not wearing a wig to complete his outfit. That's a great question. Like, that part bothered me. He should have been wearing a wig and had, like, a full transformation. Like, had makeup on, everything. Because He wasn't committed enough to the role. Yeah, the kids are wearing wigs. Everyone else is in, like, the child actor who was actually an adult is in full makeup. Uh, Like, where was his makeover? You can't put on a sweater and decide that that's commitment. Yeah, that's he was not committed enough. He did even draw on the tattoo of like yeah, Amber. The oh, tattoo man. was good, yeah. They had a whole second fake house. He went and he got the mail. They had the grandma and everything, but he couldn't put on a wig. It was out of budget at that point. <laughs> Wigs are expensive. This episode in so many ways just became about like I don't I don't know if you guys agree with me that the kind of idiocy of this method, which is that like at a certain point you can't prepare for every situation, but also you can't practice something once it's happened. You can't overthink yourself to death. You can't change the course of what you've done. You can only sort of improve your response to it. And I, I felt like that's what this episode is all about. But also like at a certain point it became fucking absurd. And that moment was when he walked into a fake house pretending to be a woman he had like just met who was talking about her son's emotional trauma. I, I I don't know if you both agree with me here. And then it goes on even further because the episode ends and Liam's still nine. So like, like he didn't even become 18. Well, I'm wondering if that's what the next season is. Is season two just a continuation of this story? I don't know. 
I I kind of hope not. I hope it's something different, but it does feel very unfinished. It is possible when Nathan kind of stepped in because he's trying to figure out what he could have done differently. And I think realistically, he should have accepted a little bit earlier that aside from casting a different child, there's not really anything he could have done differently. Like he treated the the actor with love and respect and was very caring. And for what he was supposed to get out of this experience where he's supposed to genuinely feel like a dad and feel a connection, you know, there's not a lot he could have done. So then he goes on to the mother's side and thinks, okay, through the casting process, what could we have done differently? But does that ultimately add to his overall goal of preparing to be a father? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe if you want your kid to be a child actor and you want to protect them against <laughs> this in the future. I did find for the last probably half of the episode, because he was just redoing the same scene, I felt it was a bit repetitive. And yes, uh, you know, this time you're playing Amber and you're a woman this time, but we knew exactly what happened. So you redoing this scene again just got a little bit repetitive for me. And I felt as though they could have shown us a lot more new information or if there was something really groundbreaking or really interesting behind the scenes of the casting that they did for this show that would have been really cool for us to learn while he's going on this journey to learn if he could have done something different. But the casting process was very basic. And, you know, the director that came out to help him and to make sure that, you know, he was okay and explaining that he could watch on these cameras, um, you know, it, it was a little mild. I think if something more extreme had happened, it would be a bit more entertaining. My, I feel like my interpretation of all this, because I agree with you, is like at a certain point, you're like, what's going on here? Is it's almost like the ability to drown yourself in something else to ignore the reality of your problem. But maybe I'm, now I'm like, am I just being too deep about Nathan Fielder, right? <laughs> but that's kind of how I interpreted it, um, is that you're, rather than pay attention to Remy or try and repair his relationship with his nine-year-old son, he instead fixates on one situation and doesn't really understand the nuances of it. Yeah. I think this situation, we didn't learn a lot from him becoming Amber to go back. Like there's not really new information that the audience learned. And then we see him going and doing a whole nother rehearsal with Angela again. And again, you know what Angela said is very nice and all, but it wasn't super entertaining. It wasn't big and bold or extreme or really funny. It's like, oh, you know, Angela's been much more extreme in in other conversations. And, you know, it's very nice that she was apologized to, I guess. But, you know, her getting an apology wasn't that entertaining. I also thought it was interesting that for the Angela conversation, they went back to the fake house. And they were on a fake set, but Angela wasn't at the real house. So why couldn't they have used the real house for this rehearsal? I know. What the fuck? (laughs) I mean, that part, I think, is just for the ridiculousness of it all. I will say, I think him meeting with Angela, um, I think that was actually important with real Angela. Because what Angela ends up saying to him, not only is that, like, she forgives him, but she also says that it's important for you to, like, forgive yourself. And I think that's kind of like the crux of the episode Mm. is that Nathan still, even though Angela says like, you need to forgive yourself for this thing that happened with Remy, he still goes on to try and fix it by being like, well, if I go back and recreate all these things, like I can figure out a way where that doesn't happen. 
And then I think him at the end of the episode saying to Remy, like, no, I'm your dad is him finally saying like, okay, I, I realize that I can't fix this. And like, I just need to move on and forgive myself for that. I think that's a nice notion of him realizing that he needs to forgive himself. I do think that there are more entertaining ways that he comes to that conclusion. Like that line could have been delivered from Remy himself. It could have been delivered from Amber. Um, It could have been delivered from the child actor. Um, You know, Liam could have been the one to realize who we see as a very intelligent child who's a great actor. Going through all these situations, you could have had him at some point saying, you know, him, him could, he could have realized like, you don't need to keep doing this. Like Remy's going to be okay. And you could have used actors you already had in this episode instead of needing to spend five minutes going through a rehearsal, going and meeting Angela. Like we don't have a lot of time in these episodes. I I wonder if, because I don't know about you guys, but my favorite uh, Adam was 16 year old Adam. Yeah, um, Nathan Adam was great. We love, we love him. Well, I also, I really enjoyed when Nathan would sort of break character with him and, and have actual discussions to inform the way that they portrayed it. But I'm wondering if, like, okay, bring in 16 year old Adam and and have a talk about like, hey, you know, we went through this hardship. Mom left, or like something to to deal with these emotions in the rehearsal or about the fake family rather than basically like replicating Remy and, and trying to psychoanalyze what is a pretty basic like notion of like a kid doesn't have a father and he's, he's upset that he lost the fake father that he has. It, I, I totally agree with you, Megan. Like it, it just needed like something that felt a little bit more comedic and a little less repetitive, but I, you know, it, it just shows the commitment, the insane commitment that they're doing. Um, I did love Angela breaking a lamp, fake Angela breaking a lamp that ruled like fake Angela is a girl boss. Real Angela is a lunatic. Fake Angela, even in this episode, she just wants to fucking drink her tea. So one of the strategies I thought was actually very effective for Nathan communicating to Remy that, you know, I'm not your actual dad was bringing the new Adam to his house to play and have a little play date and have some dinner. Um, I thought that was a great, method and to get all the actors in one room and to also very clearly communicate look here's another actor whose dad I'm playing and you know this is a very clear picture of this was a tv episode yeah I think I think it would have been more meaningful had we not pivoted to uh, it being a fielder method thing we haven't heard from her as far as I'm aware but I would love to hear Amber's thoughts on this whole episode I know that it's kind of like sometimes a little bit annoying to keep hearing from the same people who are on the show and it's nice to have like the mystery of what happened. But like specifically, I want to know what Amber thought of Nathan coming over and pretending to have a play date and then it being recon. And pretending to be her. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think um, that her whole family, like the the communication that we've gotten is only that... um, Remy's doing okay now. Yeah. I also feel like this show reminds me a little bit of Kid Nation. where like, we all watch it and we're like, oh my God, what happened to those children? Are they okay? Like, they'll be okay. Like, you know, it's all right. You know, it's it's an event that happens and it's kind of crazy. And like, maybe there should have been a little bit more adult supervision. But like, you know, it's okay. Kids kids have bad moments or have tough things that they need to deal with. And um, especially age six, like you guys were mentioning 
earlier in our in this podcast is that like that's a tough age. That is maybe one of the toughest ages to have this experience. Nine, you're growing up a little bit, you're over it, but like you you just have so many emotions that you don't regulate whatsoever. And like it's hard, especially with like a single mom. Poor Amber. Like she's got a lot on her plate and she's so sweet when she talks about him, but like to be the psychologist for your own child who's gone through this event just because he was a child actor who wanted to be on TV, like, is crazy. <laughs> I also am curious if um, we'll see any child actors in season two. Like, do we think they're still going to be bringing back kids? Well, if it's just a continuation of this series, we would get 12 and 16 and 18. Yeah, 12, 15, 18. Same 12, thing. 15, 18. So we we wouldn't see any more young kids. Uh, maybe they'll do a little Remy spotlight just so we can prove to everyone Remy's okay. Um, but we shouldn't be going back to young children because if we're still going back, like what are what are we doing? Where is this going? So I do hope that you know for season two, and it looks like the poster for season two is Nathan again in a house, and there's a woman sitting on the couch. So perhaps what he gathered from this is that. Oh, you do need a mother figure there so that the child doesn't get confused. But also at this point, if this is a storyline we're following, we shouldn't be going back in time anymore because we've done six over a few times unless things are dramatically different and we want to do all these extreme different timelines um, and alternate realities. I think when they're so similar, especially with this episode where it did get a little bit repetitive and you kind of knew what the storyline had already done. Um, I think I would be a little bit disappointed. I want something extreme, something different, something that gave you that big shock factor that most of the season gave you and delivered on. Here's my pitch for season two is Nathan's divorce, <laughs> which is a terrible thing. I think he, he got divorced from Angela already. But I wonder if like he maybe has like another relationship or like is preparing for a new relationship like and wants to self-examine or if he rebounds and says I just want to go back to helping people I don't want to be involved but I feel like I, I don't know I don't actually want him to bring up his divorce because that's like his own private life and that woman you know doesn't deserve any of that but also it'd be kind of funny if that's the way he went and like decided to analyze how to go forward from a, a post-divorce life yeah I feel like I've been somewhat vocal in my opinion that this should be a one-season show um, I'm really excited that there's going to be season two, but I'm just, yeah, I'm very confused about where the next arc is going to be. Like, is it going to continue on the storyline or is it going to be something completely different? Because we saw with Nathan for you in the real time when they were recording those episodes, um, they weren't able to do them after a certain point because people started knowing who Nathan was and, you know, his shtick kind of relies on people not being super aware of what he's doing. So I'm curious to see if they'll continue with the family stuff or if we're going to go in a completely new direction. I trust that Nathan can come up with something very cool. Um, but yeah, I was honestly surprised that it got renewed for a second season, but obviously very excited and we'll be here to talk about it. Yeah, I I think we've emphasized multiple times how much we've loved this show and how you know, it's really made you feel the full gambit of emotions. It's been super funny, super surprising. Not a lot of other TV is doing what Nathan's doing. And I'm really, really excited for season two. I originally thought that it would be what feel what season one was supposed to be. 
because we're assuming that they had a plan that was much more closely aligned with the core storyline. Um, and then with COVID, everything had to get altered. We needed to get an off-site location to shoot at with repetitive actors and a very controlled environment, as opposed to in an open bar where, you know, it just, you can't restrict anything and follow COVID regulations. So now that things have, you know, calmed down a little bit in the world, things are opened up again. I'd be interested if we can revisit what the original plan was for season one, maybe get a little bit more people involved. I don't think it's as important if you know who Nathan Fielder is. If I'm someone who wants to rehearse for an event in my life, and I want, I genuinely want to do that, it wouldn't bother me that it was Nathan Fielder because I know he's going to try to do a good job, use a lot of resources. And with Core, he accomplished his goal. He was able to successfully give the secret um, to his trivia team in a way that he created a closer bond. Like that episode was pretty flawless, in my opinion. So being able to see more scenarios like that is something I would absolutely love. Um, if we continue this storyline, like I'm all for that as well. I think if we had it as a secondary storyline and there was something else going on each episode, which I suspect was the original plan, I would love that as well. I was just thinking while you're describing all of that, that like, so remember when Borat 2 came out? And you're like, oh, Borat yes. too. Like, how are they going to, like, let Borat live? Like, don't don't make another one. But then it came out and it was very touching and, like, very well done and, like, had a lot to say. I, I have that trust in Nathan Fielder. I have that, that belief that, because I, I think it is a good take. Yeah, the rehearsal should honestly just have been once, maybe eight episodes or something, right? Get in and out. But if he wants to keep doing more and he has more ideas, like I'm not going to stop him, whatever it's going to be. I, I, I trust in this Canadian monotone lunatic that he's going to take me on the ride. I want to go on, you know? Yeah. If it was a zero to 18 and they were able to have every episode following that storyline and it concluded at 18 and he had gotten everything he needed to out of it. Okay. I can see how that could be a capsule season, but there's too much other stuff going on. There are too many opportunities. Yeah. Let this man keep having the HBO budget he has. Take me on a wild ride because it's been everything I dreamed of. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that more people watch it as well now that the season has concluded. Um, and there's kind of a full arc that you can check out. Because I, I, it feels like it was somewhat popular. There was a ton of discourse over what was going on on the TV show. But we're also like kind of in a bubble. Um, I know when I talk to like people in my regular life about the show, they have no idea what I'm talking about and haven't watched it. So I urge them all to watch it. Um, but hopefully we'll get stronger viewership as well. That's funny. It's totally popping in the New York City. My friends who liked alternative comedy conversations at all our parties. <laughs> Is, Definitely. Hey, have you watched the rehearsal yet? <laughs> And like the Nathan for you had a very simple concept, you know, we're going to pitch wacky business ideas to like these little local businesses and they'll get some good marketing out of it, but we'll get some great laughs too. And that, that could have easily continued if people didn't realize who Nathan Fielder was. Um, I'm sure that there's parts of the world you could go to where a lot of people still have no idea who, who he is and if you could somehow prevent people from Googling him, again, I would have loved it if that show continued. So I think the concept 
running through doesn't mean that there's not opportunities for it to continue. And hopefully uh, we'll keep getting more seasons. Plus, I'm so excited about The Curse, um, a scripted show, which, you know, maybe this one was pretty scripted as well. But it'll be interesting to see Nathan in a whole new light with like a, a cast of, you know, A-list actors and and seeing how he performs there. Yeah. So overall, I feel like what are our final thoughts on the season as a whole? I think we're all pretty positive on it. I know I certainly am. I didn't know what to expect at all coming in. Um, certainly not a multi-episode arc about Nathan having a child, um, but I was pleasantly surprised, and I think that the messages presented, you know, which I think we've discussed pretty in-depth through every episode, I think have been positive, and it's interesting to see the discourse surrounding the show. Society cares about this little Canadian businessman, finally. <laughs> In both positive and negative ways. <laughs> there is no ethical nath for you consumption under capitalism, that's for sure. Yeah, I think I've probably already talked quite a bit about how much I love this season and kind of the pros and cons of different episodes. Um, I did think ending on Nathan's butt crack was a weird move. Um, it felt pretty anticlimactic. <laughs> I wish we could have had a slightly different ending, but but maybe it was artistic and I didn't realize it. Do we think he specifically said, no, keep this clip in? Like they could have oh, ended 100%. it five seconds earlier and avoided this whole thing. Yeah, thousand percent. But the, isn't that like, Maybe he's making an ass of himself. Is that the the interpretation of it, right? That Probably. At the end of the day, he's kind of being a weirdo on camera for everyone to witness. Yeah, I think we had a very wholesome conclusion where he's able to accept that although he's made mistakes, you know, he can still be a dad moving forward and a very good one and you don't have to do every little thing perfectly. Then we end on something a little bit imperfect. Long butt crack Nathan seems to have. Quite long. <laughs> and um, if anyone has been keeping up, we will still be doing our ethics podcast. We were waiting until the season finale so we could look at the entire product together. So watch out for that. And then after that, we're going to be diving back into Nathan for You, of course. We're currently on season four. So if you want to just jump in with us, um, we have a few more episodes to go. If not, you can start at the beginning of our podcast and listen to all of Nathan for you as we cover every single episode. Naomi, tell us about what you're up to. Um, well, I just want to encourage everyone. I'm sure you guys have in the past, but I want to encourage everyone to watch How To with John Wilson, especially yes. because we don't know what the hell is going on with you know HBO versus HBO Max versus Discovery. Who knows? But How To with John Wilson is so perfect in tandem with Nathan for you. I'm sure you guys totally know that, but I just got to reemphasize because I'm a big John Wilson fan. Um, and going on with me, this is kind of crazy, but uh, if, and I hope this happens to maybe you guys get Nathan Fielder on one day because that would be fun. But I have a podcast called Mike White Was Robbed. And then Mike White came on the podcast, Mike White Was Robbed. It, it was surreal and absurd. And I wish I had a rehearsal for it because I was so scared <laughs> and so freaked out. But it was truly so much fun. And we talked about Survivor and The White Lotus, another HBO show, and reality TV. And I just had like the most fun of my entire life. And that episode is my new pinned tweet. I realized it probably should have been my pinned tweet the moment I tweeted it, but I, I changed it. Um, and, and 
beyond that, uh, the episode is really fun, but I'm also doing, um, I have Top Chef coverage at Silent Podcast, Project Runway coverage at Silent Podcast. Um, I also do something called Survivor New York, which is a live reality game, which means it's fake Survivor. Um, and we have season five coming out eventually. You're going to see me tweet about it a lot if you follow me on Twitter, which is what you should do at Amy Calhoun. But more importantly, subscribe to Survivor New York on YouTube because uh, if you feel like you're running out of Survivor uh, content in the middle of this drought, if you're not a BB person, kind of like me, where you're like, you know what, I can see the tweets. I know what's happening on the timeline. Come, come watch Fake Survivor. It's a lot of fun. And um, we don't have a final four fire making twist, so we're automatically better than regular Survivor at this moment in time. <laughs> the heroes we all need. Yeah, we fully support Fake Survivor. Also, I think the White Lotus season two like teaser trailer just dropped too. Oh, the teaser. Yeah, shout out to Mike White. No relation to myself, but if he would like to adopt me, I would not be opposed. <laughs> he can be my pretend daddy. <laughs> Rehearsal season two. <laughs> oh my god so good yeah i know i was like what if mike white adopts me that would be the best like this would just be the best thing for all of us right now Um, my favorite mike white moment is probably him in the woods having some wine while angela's like running around with a ladder just art that's my discord profile picture and i'll never change it and i asked him i asked him about that because i was like that's the meme that's your meme from everybody is talking about on survivor you're like i know like all right i just wanted you to know that's your perfection absolute perfection yes everyone check out everything that naomi's doing online follow her on twitter listen to all the pods for more drunk tweets if you're feeling spicy come follow us on tiktok at nathan for us podcast twitter at nathan for us pod instagram at nathan for us pod all of those fun things and definitely DM us your thoughts on the final episode. We'll we'll read them after the next episode when we do a little bit of a look back on the ethics of Nathan uh, in the rehearsal. I think having this final episode, we really get a full picture. And especially, you know, this episode specifically was focused a lot on the ethics of having child actors and, you know, their emotions and going through the full gambit. Um, so definitely let us know your thoughts. Uh, You can DM us, you can email us, really any of the lists we've just told you about how to reach us, uh, we'll, we'll find it. This has been Kelly and Naomi and Megan on your side. (laughs) 